0: It's great to be here with you guys, and great to be worshiping with you. We're starting a new series today, and the series is called Let There Be Light. Let there be light. And uh, remember, the God of the universe started out Genesis chapter 1 as he was talking through creation, and he said, let there be. And as he declared, let there be light, all of a sudden in that thunderous moment, there was a glorious physical light. But then you fast forward thousands of years and the Father has a plan to bring it all differently in a spiritual domain as he then says, let there be light. And he allows Jesus Christ, the light of the world, God Almighty and all of his majesty to step down and clothe himself with our fragile, broken humanity. We have an amazing God who loves us and he is right here With us, And all of God's people said. And that's our celebration. And as we walk through these next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the greatness and the glory of Jesus Christ as our light, as our hope. Let there be light. So that said, today, we're actually going to be looking at Jesus Christ as the light that brings life, eternal life. The light that brings life. So turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, starting in verse 16. And uh, these are a couple of verses that you may have learned even as a kid. John chapter 3, verse 16, all the way through to verse 21. And man, this is a power passage, simple statement of the hope in Jesus Christ. Might we lean on him as our light. And so how do we do that? How do we go about that? Point number one, believe. Believe in Jesus to gain eternal life. Believe in Jesus to gain eternal life. And it starts out, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we'll just hold right there. He says, for God so loved... He starts out with that word for. That's a connecting word. It's a lot like the word therefore. It actually looks back and it's connecting with what was said right before it. And in fact, if you go backwards and look in the prior verses there, you see a statement being made about Moses when he raised up his staff and there was this serpent on it, this kind of mottled serpent. And the whole point as he raised that up was anyone in Israel who looked at it, was going to be saved from these serpents that were biting them, these poisonous serpents. It was an Old Testament story, an Old Testament truth that happened to Israel. And Jesus is like, just like when Moses raised up and they looked at and were saved from, so then, and then Jesus continues on, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus is the hope raised up for us in front of us that we might trust, that we might believe, that we might have hope. Remember, this is John chapter three. This is early on in Jesus' ministry. He has yet to have gone to the cross, but he knows where he's headed. John chapter three, it says, for God so loved the world. For God so loved. Notice it does not say, for God liked the world. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, for God loved the world. It doesn't say that. It says, for God so loved the world. Like you gotta say that with a couple of O's on the back end of it, you know what I mean? For God so loved the world. Give it a shot with me. For God so loved the world. And if you grasp that, you're beginning to catch just a little bit of what's going on. He so loved the world. It was sacrifice. He was laying himself down, God Almighty, with hope. God the Father sending God the Son with sacrifice as the plan. This word loved here is actually the word agape. It's a word in the Greek that means self-sacrifice. It's a word that means I lay me on the line for your benefit. He so laid himself on the line For our benefit, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. This word here is a word that means the whole of it, the all of it. There are some that say this means for God so loved those that would ultimately and finally believe in him. That's not what the word says, though. It actually says for God so loved the world. The whole of it, the all of it, and Jesus has an allness to his offering, and God the Father offering up God the Son with this thunderous statement of all who would believe could be saved. And this is a huge statement when it says, for God so loved the world, as he's reaching into a lost and broken place that is all about itself. As he's reaching in for you and for me well before we ever trusted in him and understood him, he's laying down a sacrifice that would be able to bring salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God the Father loved the world, so he gave his son, God the Son. His only son. Some of your translations say his one and only son. Some of your translations say his only begotten son. And all of those are translating a word that comes from the Greek, which basically is emphasizing the uniqueness of Jesus Christ, one and only son, the only son, Jesus Christ. And just important that we note this, this same word is used when it speaks of Isaac. And uh, Isaac is the one and only son of Abraham, Let that settle for those of you who know your scripture, letting that settle. So I know there's Ishmael. You're like, well, it's not the only son, right? It doesn't say only son. It says the one and only son, the only begotten son. There's a uniqueness to him. Isaac was the son of promise. Yeah, there was Ishmael, but he was not the son of promise. Isaac was the one and only son, the son of promise, Jesus The only son of the father. He is the one to be focused on. He is our hope. There is no one like Jesus Christ. God the son clothed in human flesh. No one like him. Everybody say, no one like him. Don't miss it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, no one like him, Jesus Christ, that we might have hope. It says that whoever believes in him, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That whoever believes in him, in fact, the best translation of this is that all who believe in him, the word actually in the original language is the word all, everyone, that everyone who believes in him would not perish, all, everybody say all. All who believe, it is qualified. Please note, it doesn't say he gave his son that all in the whole world would be saved. It doesn't say that. That all who believe in him, we are called to a very specific calling. But we must believe in Jesus Christ and understand who he is. Whoever believes in him. Here's our problem, man. That word in the English really gets watered down. You're like, hey, what time are we meeting? Ah, I believe about three o'clock, right? We use the word believe and we mean, I don't know, I kind of think so. This is an understanding I have, I could be wrong. Like that's not what the meaning of the word is in the original language. Believe, it is an all out commitment. I am in on this and I am trusting fully, believe. That's what that word means. We probably almost need to come up with a different word in the English nowadays. I mean, honestly, we need to come up with a word that when you hear it, you start to grasp. It means I am all in. I am absolutely counting on this. I am a 100% trusting in this. I am not backing off of this. This is where I stand. That's what it means. We must believe in him. That we must stand firmly in Him. And that we might grasp who Jesus Christ as Lord. We must grasp Him as Savior. We must grasp Him as King of Kings. I stand with Jesus Christ in Him. And may we grasp that as we stand in Jesus Christ, we are seeing Him as our only hope. He is our Savior. And do you grasp Jesus Christ as your savior? Do you believe in him? And I'm not talking like, "Ah, maybe so. Maybe that's what it is. I I think maybe, ah, probably there. I mean, like, do you, I stand there. You try to push me off of it, I will not move. I stand firm. Jesus Christ, he is my king. Jesus Christ, he came into this earth. Don't forget this, man, Christmas. It is such a sweet time of celebration. And we talk about Mary, and we talk about this baby that she has. Know this. This is God Almighty coming down with a plan in mind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Do you believe Do you stand on that with all you've got and lean on him with all you have? We say it like this around here. It's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C. It's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C. A, I admit, I admit that I am not perfect. I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that I do things wrong. I admit that I am selfish on many fronts. I admit that I have to let things go. I admit that I do things that stand against God and what he would want for me. I admit it. I admit I'm a sinner. And being able to grasp, just start with the beginning. I admit I'm not perfect. That's usually pretty easy. Like if you have problems with that, just have a little conversation with your family this afternoon. Hey, what do you think about me? You think I'm perfect? That conversation will go real well, right? And uh, it's a pretty quick answer. Uh, No, right? And uh, no, we aren't. But we're far from perfect. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Admit that. I've come short of God's greatness and God's perfection. Way short. I admit it, A. B, I believe I believe he is risen from the dead. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, We have to believe that he is risen from the dead. Do you believe that the God of the universe stepped down and clothed himself with humanity, with a purpose in mind of going to the cross, that he died on the cross and rose again? Do you believe? I just find it so interesting that that scripture doesn't say, believe that he died. It doesn't say, believe that he died for you. It says, believe that he is risen from the dead. Do you believe that there is authority in his name? Do you believe that there is power in his name? Are you willing to hand your life to him and say, I believe, I stand firmly and I will not move. You are God Almighty. You died and you are risen. You're alive. I believe. And that's A and B. And if we do really take that stand, if we believe, then we hand our life to him and say, you're in charge. C, I confess you as Lord. I confess you as Lord. You take over in my life. I am yours. And that's saved. Scripture's super clear that if we admit that we are a sinner, if we believe that he is risen from the dead, if we confess that he's in charge, take over, Lord, have my life. And if that's where we're at, that's saved. It says, whoever believes in him, that they would not perish That they would not perish. That word literally means to experience what is rightly ours to experience. Separation. Or pain. Or judgment. Perish. Suffering. If you want to put it this way. Relational destruction. That they would not perish. The whole point of trusting in Jesus Christ and believing in him is beginning to honor him as king of kings you give him your everything and in the midst of it he pours down into your life a blessing that says for eternity you're with me and without being with him and separated from god experiencing hell and all that comes with it is relational destruction some will actually say perish it means to just not exist That's not what that word means. And we need to know there is eternity at hand for us. And we need to be leaning on our God with all we've got. The beauty of Christmas is the message of this. Your God loves you with all he's got. He loves you. And he's pouring it on. He loves you. And he brought everything you need. Hand him your life. That we would not perish but have eternal life. But have eternal life. That forever we could experience joy with him. That forever we could laugh with him. That forever we could celebrate with him. That forever we could worship him. For all eternity, those who trust in him, saved at the moment we pass away, transformed, perfected. That's gonna be an amazing moment, right? Can you imagine that moment of when all the sin is gone. Amen, man. I don't think we barely grasp it. Every moment we breathe is a moment we breathe all about self and a little bit of trying to get it right. And there's so much woven together that's all about me. Lord God, I cannot wait for the moment where the me of it is all ripped away and it's all about you. May you get all the glory. Eternal Life, joy. As we celebrate life with Him, let there be light. And it's all about the greatness of Jesus Christ for eternity, us being able to be with Him. It's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C. Admit, believe, and confess. And we hand our life to Him. Lord, I am yours. No more perishing. Instead, it is eternal life. Our hope is not in our works, and all of God's people said. Man, our hope is not in, I'm trying to get it right. I think it was good enough. I think I got the teeter-totter balance just right. I think I, it's not that, man. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. He is the light. He has come into this world. He lived perfectly. He died for us, and he is risen, and he is willing to have his blood on the cross cover what we owe. That is our hope. It says to have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He didn't send him to condemn the world. Let that settle just a moment. Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to save he actually gives a little bit of explanation after it. Jesus did not come to condemn, he came to save. It says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already. Whoever believes is not condemned. Man, if you believe in Jesus Christ, admit, believe, confess, saved. And for those who who don't believe what well, says condemned already. See, that's where we stand without Jesus Christ. Our decision to go after self and our decision for sin leaves us in one spot in dire need of a Savior. Do you believe? Are you willing to say, Lord, I am yours, take over. We stand in a hopeless spot without him and he is coming to offer salvation, rich and free. He didn't come to condemn, he came to save. For God so loved you, for God so loves you. May we truly worship him. Here's the deal, man, I just wanna take a moment right where we are to just make sure we understand what we're doing. Let's make sure we know where we're headed. Do you admit? Do you believe? Do you confess, Lord, I'm handing my life to you? Are you ready to make sure that He is your God? Think of it this way there's a guy who's on a ship. And the ship is going up and down in the waves in the water. The storm is rolling in. It's pretty bad out there. All of a sudden, this huge wave smacks the side of the ship. The wave comes up over the top. It takes his legs out from under him. It slides him over. He goes over the edge, down into the water. The waves are going huge over the top. The splashes are going high. He can barely grasp air. And as he comes to the top, he's trying to get air where he's at. He's almost doomed. He knows it. He can see the ship. And he thinks, that's my salvation. I gotta get on that ship. Somebody comes running over and they see him there. They grab the life preserver and they throw it out. And as this life preserver is spinning out into the air, you can see the rope unwrapping out. And as it comes down, it hits the water and smacks. And as it does, this spray goes up and he thinks, that ship is my salvation. And I am going to be saved by this life preserver. He grasps it. He understands it. And he goes under. And he's gone. All right, all right. There's another way to tell the story. Let's change that. And so he goes into the water, and the waves are pouring over, and the splash is happening all around him, and somebody comes over, and they grab the life preserver, and they throw it out, and he sees the life preserver spinning as it goes out, and the rope unwrapping, and as the life preserver hits the water, he thinks, that boat, that is my hope, that's where I want to be, and this life preserver is my salvation. And so instead of just thinking, he reaches out and he grabs on with all he's got. And he holds on fully laying his life into it. I believe this is true and he clings to it. And they pull him in to safety. And it's not enough to think it. To mentally assent to it. Throw yourself into it. I'm in. I believe, and you're my God. Grab that life preserver. Man, have you done that where you've said, Lord, I'm yours. I'm grabbing on. No more just thinking it. It's time to live it. I'm yours. Let's just do this right where we are. Why don't we just close our eyes and bow our heads for just a moment. And we're just going to take a moment right where we are to make sure we're in. Lord God, please hear our cry and hear our prayer right where we are. Man, if you are ready to grab onto that life preserver of Jesus Christ, this is your moment to cry out in prayer to him. If you have already trusted, then just be reiterating, Lord God, I am echoing this out, I am in, right? And just saying these words right where you are, I would honestly, I would say this, allow yourself to whisper it, let your lips move. You don't have to say it out loud, but changing it from it's just inside my head to actually my body is going on this. And just saying, dear heavenly father, I admit. I admit I've done things wrong. I admit I'm not perfect. I admit. And I believe. I believe, Jesus, you are risen from the dead. I believe. and I confess you are my Lord, please take over. I am yours. Man, if you long to be saved, if you're trusting in Jesus right here and right now, just saying to him, I am yours. I believe you are risen, please take over, I am yours. Just let him know right where you are that you're in. I am in, Lord Jesus. Man, if you have already trusted Christ, just reiterating to him, I love you and I'm in. I celebrate you and I'm in. In the saving name of Jesus, I pray, amen, amen. And if you did for the first time reach out and grab onto Christ today, would you please let someone know? We would love to talk to you afterwards. Please know this. It is an absolutely huge moment to begin to think it, but it is everything to reach out and begin to act on it. We would love to walk through a few things with you of what it means just to begin to walk with Christ, to just hear a little bit from him in his word, to be able to pray to him, to be able to give your life to him, and let him lead. And uh, what does that look like? Point number two. Live in the light and show that you are his child. Live in the light and show that you are his child. It says, and this is the judgment, the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And this is the judgment, the light, everybody say that's Jesus, okay, Jesus Christ coming into the world, the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. The reality, when you're doing things that are all about yourself, you tend to not want a ton of people to know about it. Have you ever noticed that? When you're beginning to get wrapped up in something you know you shouldn't, when you're letting your lips say things they shouldn't, when you're letting your hands begin to go somewhere they shouldn't, when you're beginning to watch something, whether it's on TV, on the computer, whatever you're doing where you know you shouldn't. You don't go look for a massive crowd and then try to do that all in front of them. You're actually looking for the lateness, the darkness, the aloneness in order to be able to execute that out. He's like, let's just make this clear. The light, well, it's coming to the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. They were about themselves and they wanted to make sure those things were masked. In fact, he even says it a little more. He says, for everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Everyone who does wicked things hates the light. The reality. Have you ever been like in a really dark room for a while? And then you go over and as you turn on the light, it just like it beams down and it's so bright, you almost need to turn away from it. Have you ever had that happen? Where the, the light into your eyes is so sharp, you almost can't look at it. Or when you're driving along in the, in the night, and as you're driving on the highway, you're kind of getting used to the darkness, and then somebody comes on with their brights on, right? And you're like, oh man, and that light is almost piercing as you've gotten used to the darkness, That's what he's talking about. He's like, I'm just saying, let's not get used to living there. Let's set the evil down. Let's set the darkness down. Let's begin to see what it looks like to live in the light. It says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. They tend to stay off in the corners and isolated away and go that route. It says, Lest his works should be exposed. And I'm telling you, the more we are about self, the more we would prefer the corners. The more we are about self, the more we would prefer the isolation. Gut check. If you're in a moment where you're like, I would rather be by myself right now, check why. Look, it's not wrong to get a little recoup time, okay? Please hear me. It's not saying it's wrong to always be isolated. Everybody say, not that. It's not wrong to get a little bit of rejuvenation. And for all of you who are a little bit more introverted, you're like, amen, right? You go to the family Christmas party, right? You're at that big family Thanksgiving, whatever it is. And you come home and you're like, I need a little alone time, <laughs> right? It's not wrong to take a little downtime to just get replenished. But if the reason we need the alone time is because the things we're going to go about doing right now, we don't want anybody else to know about, now we've got some issue. And all of God's people said, that's a huge deal. Make sure you're grasping what's going on. Make sure you're not just responding to that. I just want to be alone. Make sure you know why. What's going on inside the heart that's calling you to be a little bit alone right now and make sure that it's not to get alone with yourself and your sin. Scripture's so clear, the darkness really calls for us to isolate. It says, but whoever does what is true comes to the light. Whoever does what is true comes to the light. The reality is, as you begin to be passionate about Jesus Christ, as you begin to say, I long for Christ to be celebrated in my life, I'm grabbing on to the life preserver that is him, and I'm clinging to him, and I'm longing for him to be worshipped in my life. I want Jesus Christ to be celebrated in this world that is so dark. I'm ready for him to be shown off in my life. You're going to start heading to the truth, You're going to be saying, what are you about Christ? And as you head to those things, you're headed right to the light. As we are saved, we start longing for the things that make much of Jesus Christ. And we're heading to the light. May we constantly lift him up. May we celebrate him with all we've got. It says, whoever does what is true comes to the light. I'll just say it this way, as we go after going near him and going toward him, it says here, uh, that, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. When you head to the truth, when you're heading to the light, these are all metaphors, right? So when you start trying to execute on a metaphor, you're like, I don't even know if I'm doing it right. Like, I'm not sure if I've got this down. Like, we're heading to the truth. We're heading to the light. What does that mean? What does that look like? He's like, just so we're clear, that means it's being made clear. This is being carried out in God. In God. Like, you're celebrating your king. Remember last week? Like, it isn't about showing you off. As somebody points to you, you're like, no, may it never be. It's not about me. It's about my king. No patting on the back. We're celebrating our God. It is in God. God. So, how do we know if we're doing something that's in God? Well, I just wrote this down. Uh, top five things that are true if it's in God. All right? Here we go. Top five things that are true if it's in God. If it's true, if it's in the light, if it's in God. Top five things that are true. Number one, it's humble. It's humble. Jesus Christ humbled himself and became a man, Philippians chapter 2. Man, you are modeling who Christ is. You are going after who he is and what he's done. Humble. And uh, I'm telling you this. If what you're going after is like, they're going to know how awesome I am. Uh, dude, that's not being done in God. Just so you know, that's being done in you. Just put your name there instead of God's and then you got it down, right? Like, they're going to know how awesome I am. They're going to know what I've accomplished. They're going to know how good I am. They're going to miss me when I, right? Just be careful. In God is absolutely humble. Number two, it's honest. It's going to be super truthful. If you're like, that's right, I'm living this out. I mean... I'm going to have to shade a few things. I'm not going to say a few things. I'm going to have to hide a few things. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what's going on. But this is all in God. Those don't go together, man. I'm just telling you, being forthright and truthful, being honest and real in God. It's a huge deal. Honest. And make sure you love the truth. It's a part of being in the light. And as you grasp who Jesus Christ is and he begins to do a work in your life, you're going to begin to love truth more and more and more as he shows you where he wants to head with you. Humble, honest. Number three, encouraging. Encouraging. If it's in God, it's going to be lifting others up. Encouraging. You're going to be celebrating what God's doing in them and you're going to be talking about what's best for them and lifting them up. Encouraging. Please hear me now. Honest and encouraging. Those are like on a a balance beam, a teeter-totter, if you will, right? Honest and encouraging. We're like, how'd you do when you were talking to them? I told them the truth, right? And all of a sudden, as we start to get real about, what I was real with them, right? And the truth is like all of a sudden crushing blow, right? We dropped the encouraging. Or you're like, hey, when you were talking with them, how'd you do with them? Wow. Well, I mean, I didn't exactly tell them everything that I told them enough that maybe they'll get an innuendo, but I was super encouraging. You know, I was like, hey, just so you know, great job. Was it great? Not so much, right? How many families with this American Idol seasons that have gone on <laughs> should have gone for the honest instead of the encouraging, right? How many people got up in front with complete humiliation and they're like, Mom and Dad said I was awesome. Mom and Dad should have been a little less encouraging and a little more honest, right? Just bring a balance. We love you. I'm trying not to embarrass you on a public national forum, right? Honest and encouraging. Find that balance. That is our God. He's both and. Where he brings the truth of where you're at and the hope of what's coming and the encouragement of what God's going to be doing. May God get all the glory. There is hope in Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, and we long to celebrate him. Humble and honest, encouraging. Here's another one, righteous. Man, your works and your words are amazingly God-honoring. Righteous. They're moral to the core, right? These are the things that indicate you are in God. And then here's the last one, loving. Our God is love. There's no way you can do what is in God and not be loving, right? The word love from 1 Corinthians 13, patient, kind, not envious or boastful, not arrogant, not rude. And make sure you go after that list, patient, kind, Not envious or boastful, not arrogant, not rude, longing for God to get the glory. That's quite the list, man. If you can land in each and every moment when you go after something to say, Lord God, I long to be humble, honest, encouraging, righteous, and loving, you are going to have an amazing start to whatever it is you're saying or doing. May God get all the glory. Our job is to begin to walk in the light, to be going after the truth and being able to make much of our king. May he get all the glory so that it may be clearly seen that his works are being done in God. So it's Christmas season. And uh, so over the years in our home, we have decided to go minimalistic decoration outside. I don't know about you guys, uh, some of you may be the ones that like put bulbs up everywhere and go after it. We realize that we have no artistic gifting in that and we just look like morons. So just being real. So we just pull off, we're like, we're not doing it, we're going to do it a little and we're going to do that really, really well, all right? So we ended up buying one of those joy signs, we got one of those joy signs, you know, the J-O-Y letters. And in the O is actually the picture of the nativity scene. So it's a sweet little statement that we stand for Jesus Christ. We're excited about his birth in this season. And it says J-O-Y. And then we put a light on it. Dude, I couldn't even do that well. So I bought this little like spotlight thing. And uh, I put it on it. And it was like 200 lumens. Which 200 lumens, if it's focused, is actually pretty bright. But this 200 lumens was like just massively diverse, it was really diffuse, and it's sp- spread out wide. So as you put it on, it was like this gray misted color on the joy at the, in the night. We're like, ah, we sort of have a little joy, you know? <laughs> like it was terrible. I'm like, we're not gonna do that, you know? So I'm like, I gotta get this other one. So I found one that was three times brighter, it was 600 lumens, that sounds awesome, right? It was actually solar powered, now I don't even have to put out one of the power cords, like this is getting super easy. Just walk out, stick three things in the ground, stick a light in the ground, go inside, Merry Christmas, right? It's good, we're ready to go. So I put this solar powered thing out, 600 lumens. I'm not kidding, I don't know what they measured that with, but that was dimmer than our 200 lumen thing. And then it was solar powered, so over four hours, it just sort of fades down. So by nine o'clock, we're like, we don't have any joy. You know, that's where we are. So uh, I was like, we're done with that. We're going to put a spotlight on it. Let's go get something that's actually got some good power. So we actually went to Lowe's yesterday, and uh, we... <laughs> My wife knows what I'm going to say now. So we went to Lowe's yesterday, and we bought uh, just a little uh, floodlight holder. And then we bought a floodlight. And we're looking at the flood lamps for like 1,200, 1,500, 1,600. I'm like, I don't want to melt the joy. Like, this to make... So we got the 1200 lumen one and we got this one that's wet resistant and and we're good to go. So, we come home last night, we've got kind of the whole fam over and we're all laughing and joking in the front room. And I'm trying to screw in this flood lamp into this waterproof thing. And when you put it in, it had this like rubber seal so that no water would get inside. And as I'm pushing in and screwing, it's not going to touch, man. Like it's not working and I'm screwing it in and I get done. I'm like, all right, we got it. Plug it in. Nothing. (laughs) Right. And then I just kind of go like this and it just comes right out. And I keep going and going and going. i let others try in the fam going nowhere. Couldn't get it in. I don't even know how long I tried. I wasn't keeping track. It, It was probably an hour and a half. I'm not kidding. That's how bad it was. We were sitting there chatting and I finally went, it's the rubber seal that's the problem. So, I went over and I put the rubber seal on a plate and took a, a pair of scissors and began to scrape the inside and peel it off so that I could make it a little wider, right? And so, I'm scraping this thing and getting it done. I'm finally screwing this, it's not working again. So, I end up taking the rubber seal and I'm pulling it onto the lamp. This is how bad I want to let the world know I have joy, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like pulling this thing onto it. I finally get it pulled all the way down. I'm getting it screwed in. I think it's close enough. My hands are so aching. I'm like, I don't have anything left. I give it to Grant. I'm like, dude, give it a a turn. He's like, I I don't want to break it. I'm like, just turn it a little. He turns it a little. He's like, I think it's pretty tight. I'm like, all right. I went over and I plugged it in and it went, (laughs) angels began to sing. No, it was no. I'm like, this is amazing. So I went outside and I plugged it in and it was like, put it in front of the joy and that joy is like beaming. And now I'm like cutting, I'm etching a shadow into the brick. It's so bright. You know? And I'm like, oh, that's a little off. I should set it over the window because we got a little Christmas tree in the window. So I line it up with the window and now we've got this perfect nativity scene set over the window with a Christmas tree in it. We have joy, baby, right? That's right. Uh, I'm telling you, it takes a little bit of work to live in the light. <laughs> and all of God's people said, all right. Amen. As we go after following Jesus Christ with all we've got, are you in? And all of God's people said, Amen. man, may God get the glory. I'm in man. Just say it with me. I'm in I am ready to make much of Jesus Christ. I'm going after him. May he get my celebration and my joy. I want this world to know that I'm walking in the light. Get ready, man. Put your floodlight on that God might get all the glory. It is his name. It is his fame. And it is the reason for the season. We make much of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen, Amen, man. Let me pray.